0: The old
1: maggot off a chop from Steve Roach. Who wants
2: to win at that restaurant?
1: I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome.
2: Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning and welcome to episode 27 of the 2022 season of Fire Up! And I think today it's time to take the Fire Up name further after this weekend's games. 4am was when Gaznia made that fateful calling call suggesting the person he was calling needed to fire up. That call was at 4am. 4am four games. There were four games this weekend. Panther Eel. Astonishing game. Then the ante was upped into Raiders Storms Glory! There's talk that Canberra Chief Minister Andrew Barr has kiboshed the idea of a new stadium in Canberra. They talked about a lakeside location, maybe the Olympic poolside in Civic, or even Northbourne Oval next to the original Questacon. Maybe at Exhibition Park in Canberra. Epic! But Barr has said no. Well, I put it to you, Chris Gale, that the Raiders already have a new home stadium filled with green seats in Melbourne! Then the ante was upped again into Shark Cowboy. Ninety-three minutes of grind and buggery, ending with a stonking Valentino Holmes field goal. The hero for the Sharks in 2016 became the villain against them in 2022. Then, the ante was fully upped, and Fireup's favorite piece of sports science—the inverted U graph of performance over arousal—was off the charts. Rabbit, rooster. In this game, we need to go back to the middle of that famous Mark Gaznier speech because those teams were so aroused, they were ready to spurt some Michael Locking Sauce! Mayhem! A throwback to the Jets Silvertails final from 1981! There was carnage! There was rampage! There was outrage! And finally, there was Umbridge! Umbridge, Chris Gale! But let's pull the arousal back and go through this feast in chronological order and a man who loves chronology is fire up Chris Gale. Chris, I assume you were at the game at Penrith on Friday night.
1: Well, Dennis Carnane, I would have been, but for Peter Volandi's misstep Oh no! about home finals in week one, I couldn't Ridiculous. get a ticket for love or money. I was out the front of Penrith Stadium. I was trying to scalp a ticket. No. Did you success. go across to
2: the Roycey Simon Simmons room and watch it on the big screen at, well, at Panthers World of Entertainment? Couldn't get in. Oh, I mean the whole thing. Out.
1: The whole thing was just absolutely, you know, the reactor disco. Oh. I thought they'd turn that over, but no, in fact, maybe were, some
2: cable water skiing. Was that sold out? Mind. The paraglide the I, skydiving.
1: So what I did is I had it on my phone watching it as it all transpired while I was endlessly hitting golf balls into the lake there out of <laughs> the Panthers Entertainment Complex. Uh, but what a what a terrific start to the season because I know we were all so concerned about the fortunes of Talon May.
2: Yes. Yeah, we discussed him last week. Yes. Well, he played. Of course he did. And he hit someone on the button. Uh,
1: yep. <laughs> Might have been Panisi. Yep. Spent some time off the field. Yep. And then just to underline it, because I've actually lost the thread as to when he will be serving his suspension, but I think he's serving suspension for his off-field beh- behavior next year. Yep. But he will be serving a suspension for his on-field Panisi button shot this, this week. year. But he's got a hamstring anyway. So the irony would have been that if they would have penalised him now, he'd be right to go if Penrith made the grand final.
2: Imagine that. And again, we discussed this last week, that the eternal battle between the progressives and the conservatives. And Gus, Gus came out and positively encouraged the boy.
1: This surprised me because I'll be seeing Gus Gould's praises, as I often do later in this show, but Gould, in relation to the Taylor May suspension, which was for this little imbroglio in a um, Sunshine Coast pub, really, post the Penrith grand final win, I think about seven days later or something like that. And he's um, pulled a young pest, he's been so described. Serial pest, I think, is a great name for a podcast, by the way. We should, <laughs> we should pattern that and sort of grab the kid by the collar and throw him to the ground, and he almost hit a pot plant. Dennis. Was it
2: very waffly? It was very,
1: very waffly. And Phil Goal goes, Why argue over whether when Taylor and May's suspension should be served? Why was he suspended at all? No conviction recorded by court, $1,000 fine. Hardly serious matter. Video clearly shows he defused situation before it escalated. Why are footballs always wrong? May should be congratulated.
3: Spuds in their jackets, corn on the car, meadow leaf plenty on you ought to be congratulated golden brown pancakes steaming hot scones meadow leaves it on you ought to be congratulated give them good and give them plenty spread it round don't stand any It's metal lean, and you know, it's still an ungo. Give them Australia's most popular polyunsaturated margarine. Meadow lean. Meadow lean. You all have been congratulated.
2: Wait until I taste it. <laughs>
3: He
1: loves a tie-in, Gus. And it didn't stop there because Nathan Cleary's come out in full support of his teammate. Again, he's gone down this line that by dragging this kid from behind with no vision of Taylor May behind him, grabbing him by the collar, pulling him forcibly down to the ground, almost colliding with a poor pop plant, who would have been Mm. the innocent victim and all this, is diffusing the situation. And he is the son of the most evil man in rugby league fact. Crazy Ivan. And it makes me wonder what it's like. In the Cleary household. I mean, if someone eats an extra biscuit, does I even go back to the old well and come in with a stiff arm or something? And that seen <laughs> in the Cleary household as, you know, learning your situation? Because if we let you go untrammeled, taking that extra Monte Carlo, chaos reigns. It, I don't know, it seems very unusual. But um, Taylor May, of course, how do you feel about this shifting of suspension? Because as Volandi said, it's all about the fans. <laughs> And again another direct quote. And so therefore to have denied Taylor Mate, and to be honest, I reckon you bail up the average rugby league person in the street. I have no idea who what Taylor Mate looks like, because he's only new in his career, right? Yeah. And uh, say we don't want to deny the fans because of the timing of this court decision for something that happened off the field that didn't get a conviction recorded. We don't want him suspended now. We'll suspend him next year. It seems like a bit of a temporal shift. If, if I was a Parramatta fan,
2: well, it's all about the fans. We're all about the fans. That's why Isaac Tango played, because you know we're all about the fans. But that's why probably twenty thousand Parramatta fans and yourself were locked out of Penrith Stadium. because so you're already because it's all about the fans. You've
1: already just besmir- you've already just besmirched Tango, and it was May. You're getting oh, confused. It was May.
2: Sorry, it was May. Uh, what's his first name? Taylan. Talon May.
1: Yeah, Not to be confused with uh, the well-read Isaac Tago It emerged during the week. Love's a good book. Does he? What does yeah. he like? Uh, well, I've got some of the uh, information about that, though I, I do just want to read you the Volandis quote about uh, May 1st. Mm. A lot of ex-players look at it through the player's lens. We look at it through everyone's lens. And now the most important person is now the fan. Why penalise the Penrith fans for an indiscretion the player did? Now... <laughs> this new narrative suspension is already playing out in beautiful and wonderful ways. And I mean, we may well mention, I don't know, time may not permit, we may not talk about the rabbits and the roosters today, but if we get there. If we get there. Jared Maria Hargrave, someone I know who you are enormously fond of.
2: Oh yeah, friend of the show. Dog shot, cheap shot, headshot.
1: So faces two to three weeks on the sidelines for the head slam on Tommy Burgess, you know. Yeah. The innocent Tom Burgess who went out there just to play football, exactly. in my view. gently. So here's how, if selected in the Kiwis team, and having spoken to Michael Maguire, I think it's a lay-down here's who um, JWH will serve his three-week suspension for the dog shot on Tom Burgess. He will serve it against Leeds, right? Lebanon, and get this, Jamaica. And <laughs> Leeds? As, yeah. And as uh, Michael Shamus, I think, last night on... Uh, this is all the World Cup, you see. Yeah, uh, Michael Shamus, I think Leeds like, is
2: part of the what's well, a warm up game. Oh, I see. Uh, on 100. 140- so he's so he's he's serving a suspension from a warm up game.
1: That's well, they're they, they're going to. That's not guaranteed, but they're going to try the the, the Holy Trinity there. And Michael Shamus, so that you know Jamaica might be a shot if JWA is missing from the <laughs> New Zealand. Can team. we
2: just point out that what the, this is this is classic big club. This is classic NRL. They don't care about the world. They don't care about the World Cup. They couldn't give a rat's ass about it. They don't care about New Zealand fans. They're saying we're going to punish New Zealand fans by not giving them JWH. Yeah. Because we want to protect the Rooster fan because the Rooster fan deserves JWH. I think they bloody do as well.
1: And let's just face it, welcome back to Big Club Theory, the Sydney Roosters. Exactly. Isaac Tago practices tango. A, a breathing technique. Tango, is it? Tango. I apologize. Uh, a breathing technique, 30 days uh, champion as a descendant of Brazilians' Jiu Jitsu's founding fathers. And The Technique first featured in the 2008 Marvel film, The Incredible Hulk, Ooh. which is not the Ang Lee vehicle Hulk starring Eric Banner. It was the later one and started pretty much the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Iron Man. Um, in terms of books, he... Oh, sorry, I'm just having the usual technical issues here. Oh, you're getting 47 texters it, it, coming in. Yeah, is that Nathan Brown it, yeah.
2: texting you while you're
1: Oh he's <laughs> calling you? This is difficult. But he... Um, he likes reading about like con- King Charles. He likes reading a, a, about conquerors like Alexander the Great and Trent Robinson. Uh, he said the fact that someone can conquer the whole known world, when you think about the ambition behind that and what it takes, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> Nap- <laughs> Napoleon, Julius Caesar, they're all pretty interesting characters. It wasn't until I left school that I started learning. And he's reading Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning, an introduction to logotherapy. And uh, Cameron Sorello apparently raises one of the greatest books ever written. And it describes Frankel's times in Nazi concentration camps and the psychiatrist's theory. The human beings are driven not by pleasure, but by the pursuit of meaning and purpose, right? That's
2: very rugby league.
1: Matching that, the vanquished Parramatta Eels, of course, has got Dylan Brown. Now, he's a Renaissance man deluxe. Mm. He's got a clothing label a nod to his New Zealand heritage. And he has done courses about sewing and being a locksmith. Sewing?
2: Mm, Yeah. What and a noble art. It's terrific, isn't it? So, sewing and locksmithing. So this is to make the, uh, the the bag with the loot sign on it and the mask, and then he can pick the lock, and he's becoming a cat burglar.
1: Yeah, he's, he's covering it all. And he asked Brad Arthur if he could use uh, the coach's coastal holiday house for a quick family getaway. And Brad Arthur was impressed by this. He goes, i got a lot of time for Dylan, a bit of a soft spot for him. It's more than just a job. He actually coughed up some beers to say thank you for the... Um, use of the house, which uh, Brad Arthur was suggesting most Parramatta Eels
2: fans wouldn't do. So that's okay. So that's a, that's a real insight into the game on Friday night because Dylan Brown, he was clearly missing. So he was actually, he was literally missing. He was at at, uh, Brad Arthur's coast house reading about logo therapy.
1: Oh, no, that's tango, but uh, tango, but he's still (laughs) reading about sewing. This is the trouble when you take yourself out of that arousal state and you've got those waves rolling in and it's a beautiful coastal resort. You may not deliver. On game day.
2: Wow. And now, there was some language in the game as well.
1: Well, we all have a good sledge. Mm. And there's a couple of choice words, again, if we get around to talking about that Roosters-Rabbits game. But like, why would we? <laughs> uh,
2: I think Carmichael was there. And yeah. Michael Luck was there as oh, well. There's...
1: Absolutely. But there was, uh, on the big screen, Spencer Linu giving it to uh, Ice, soon to be West Tiger, Isaiah Papali'i, uh, and telling him basically to get up your pussy and it's just really great to see that no matter what happens with this world and where we go and all the differences and all the changes pussy's still a sledge in rugby league in 2022 well, people are
2: calling someone a cat yeah so a, a pussy will be a soft cat i presume he's talking about that
1: i think that's exactly get up you soft to.
2: cat are you saying you're like the lazy mog that's sitting there wanting a scratch on the belly That's a fair call. And now I I noticed there was a great try by everyone's favourite, Brian. To'o. Unbelievable, Toto. Can I say it? Uh-oh, (laughs) To'o! Everyone else says it. And the most amazing thing about it was how he did it with the aerodynamics of the current do.
1: So we've seen To'o in various styles, but Mm. this one, it wasn't a flying mullet. It was like kind of squarish on the top. And then sort of almost flanging out. So it was narrower at the top of his head than it was around the neck region. And I was going, the guy loves a hairstyle. Yeah. And I was wondering where he got it. And the answer came to me, Dennis, because there's a misconception that the likes of Luai and Crichton and Toto, oh, they're just all obsessed with boys to Men. And they mug layers. And R&B. Yeah. But uh, here's a little bit of exclusive audio that we captured in the Penrith rooms after the victory. And the boys getting down, and then it will explain the To'o oh, Do.
3: Dance, you slaves. Dance for our amusement. Music. Bat music.
1: So wow. the boys were getting down to the Battoosie. And, of course, that voice you heard was the great, sadly missed, Victor Bueno.
2: Oh, yeah. Who played actor.
1: in the Batman 60s TV series a made-for-TV series character called King Tut. It was one of their original inventions. It didn't come from the comic books, right? And he was an Egyptology professor. And then something would happen. He'd get knocked on the bonds, and he'd turn into King Tut, criminal mastermind. And then he'd get knocked on the bons and he'd be back to being the benign professor but he was want to wear those egyptian wigs and it's exactly right. the shape of brian tottle's oh, hair so
2: brian tottle has gone the king tut
1: he's gone the tin Tut. he's gone the watusi with the boys back in the rooms they are back in the 60s the panthers are swinging and dennis can we stop them in their quest to repeat a title i'm not sure uh
2: terrifying i gotta say it's well terrifying. does that take us to your boys Well, look, it probably does, and wasn't it wonderful? Wasn't it just wonderful to go for the fifth time in a row the Raiders beat the filthy purple hordes in their own backyard, which is now the Raiders' home ground. The Raiders own that ground, and it's a wonderful thing, and the fact that the seats are green. There's two shades of green reflecting the the current jersey and the old jersey as well, the original jersey. It's just beautiful. I think Bellamy actually did, because Bellamy played in the original lime green, the really yellowy, chartreuse lime green of the original jersey, the colour of the couch at the Bean Leagues Club. And now the current one is a bit less lime, but it's still nonetheless green. So those two colours swirl through there. Oh, it's such a wonderful touch.
1: So if Bellamy might be on the way out, and let's face it, by the looks of his squad, and all the absentees, poor old, the hectic cheese in tears afterwards, cafusi has gone, the Bromwiches, etc. Who knows about Munster? Oh. By the way, I think Munster's value is plummeting Every
2: week, well, he was so so that's Matthew Timoko. Timoko, beautiful. Timoko, if you look at him, if you put a long Tutankhamen, uh, King Tut wig on him, he's Brian To'o. He's built like Brian To'o. He looks like Brian. He plays like him. He's just all power through the hips. And seeing him again, like our friend May throwing. Cameron Waffly to the ground Waffly. It was one of the most beautiful I've watched that piece over and over again Just get off, get off Go over there, little blonde haired man With your silly moustache Go over there I'm running over the top of you How much are you worth? You're two million a year or something No, go over there on the ground On your fat bottom
1: He, (laughs) he, He dusted off Cameron Munster like he was dandruff on some kid's year 12 formal tuxedo oh, for the first time. And beautiful. then when uh, your boy Jackie Boy Whiten put the little grubber through very adroitly mm. and Hudson Young, soon to be kangaroo, comes steaming through, Munster turning around trying to um, diffuse the situation a la Tail and May was like the Queen Mary trying to turn. Oh, I Something's really, really, really wrong in Stormsville.
2: It did remind me, though, that kick and the way that kick curled reminded me of a beautiful moment in 2020 when the Roosters Raiders semi-final at the old girl, the real old girl, where Jackie did exactly the same kick and it wrong footed, um, no, it wasn't Jackie that did the kick. It wrong footed poor old Tedesco and Tedesco just fell over and looked like, looked like someone had put a banana peel under his foot. (whistles) Up he goes, and Jackie boy goes through and, Puts, the, puts it down. It was a very similar incident. And I, he couldn't make me. Imagine having the Roosters and the Storm both knocked out of the ground. It
1: well, it's something like not since 2004 or something, at least one of those for fran- 2005, at least one of those franchises, thank you, uh, Rip and uh, Pat, has had uh, a team in the preliminary final. So it's great to see dynasties fading like this, a little the, bit like the Egyptian dynasty faded.
2: And then the Raiders, uh, sorry, you carry on. Well, I was just
1: going to say, that uh, they're looking a bit desperate down Stormsville. Is mm. it possible, as Bellamy exits, that he and Frank Panisi get together and say, we need to leave a legacy here. We've got to repaint the seats.
2: Well, I think what they're going to say, I think what's going to happen is Bellamy, he's, he's, he's wanting to step back. He's wanting to take a back seat. Who's his best mate? It's Richard Stewart. And I think he's going to say, Richard, this is the reason Brent White... Has been cleared out. Brett White's been cleared out. The reason Captain McFadden is released to go back is because Bellamy's coming back to Canberra as the Raiders' assistant coach. He's the assistant to Rick. He's just going to look after mindfulness and robotics and cybernetics. And they'll take half their games to Melbourne because the Storm are going to disband. And that's how Magic Round's going to be fixed next year. There'll be no Melbourne Storm. It'll be the Southern Raiders, and they'll come from Canberra and Melbourne, and they'll cover the the, the Riverina and Albury-Wodonga. All that whole area will will come back to Canberra, and with the Dolphins in the comp, because no one likes Melbourne. No, no one likes them. So, so it's a 16-team comp. So the whole issue of who's going to have the buy-in Magic Round is gone. It
1: evaporates. And how how quixotic would it be? Poor old Jason Rolls finally puts pen to paper, or click send on DocuSign and turns up at Amy Park and they've just completely <laughs> decamped exactly
2: <laughs> and it turns to the Raiders second home put a full stop on
1: his career the other highlight of course was my Falcon Tribe Sebastian Chris with a K
2: wasn't it beautiful Can we... he's, he's been training for years for that, that, that
1: he... I mean that was that's a set that's a Ricky Stewart absolutely no, it's a Top classic draw.
2: And, and that's the thing about semi-finals because you don't want to you want to keep your powder dry you don't want to show those no, things off during no. the season so they've been training that behind closed doors at the Northbourne Oval Centre of Excellence across the Road from the old Questacon, and they've been training and training. And Sebastian Christ, even the look of surprise, they've had theatrical coaches from the Canberra Theatre coming over to give that look of surprise and that, oh, how did that happen? To so that it wasn't, it clearly wasn't propelled forward intentionally. But he's been training. He took he took a year off for mental health reasons and a lot of lot of kudos and credits going to him for doing that, because he was he was in a bad place, in a dark place. So he quit the game, found himself again, and then was called back in. By the players, by his mates, saying, "Come on, we need you, we need you." And then, the, realizing that he was needed and that he was wanted, he it gave him, found him his feet. And in that time, he 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 did go to dark places. And one of those places was soccer. Mm. And he trained and trained and trained in a mm. dark place. Bang! And finally, it came off. Bang! Top bins. The ball shifted. Bang! Just middle of his forehead, straight down the wing for Rappanah to wrap it up. It was beautiful. And the fact that that's how the Storm would kicked out of the competition. And
1: can we guarantee that right now, the likes of Felix Annesley and co are seeking to eliminate the Falcon try from the game for concussion protocols?
2: (laughs) Quite possibly, because the ball was thrown very hard. Very, very
1: stiffly. Very hard.
2: But it was was very well done. And I understand that Gutho, after his game, was saying that he was preparing for both Canberra and Melbourne.
1: That was a very interesting interview he gave in the immediate aftermath of the defeat. Uh, He said, we'll pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, a little bit like how... Um, uh, Timoko dusted off uh, Cameron <laughs> Munster and will prepare both for Canberra and Melbourne which seemed odd given that the uh, opponent would be decided yeah. within
2: 24 hours but I think, I think he's in the know and he knows the team's emerging That's <laughs> exactly right he's exactly in the right. know but that brings us on so we thought there was enough drama there with Falcons and with Cam Munster being thrown roughly to the ground but then we go to Shark Park and again, I, I know you wanted to be there because you love the Toxic Swamp, but again, it's 12,000 seat capacity, and they could have taken this to the SFS and had 40,000 Screaming Sharks, and all that, like, well, they probably would have got 25,000, 15,000 Cowboys fans would have traveled down. And wouldn't that have been a great sight? At the, at, at, I was there a couple of years ago there in the semifinals, I was at the airport, and all the Cowboys fans, the, the big hats. The, the know, novelty
1: the, Texan 10-gallon hats oh, are fantastic. But
2: even but even the non-novelty ones, the actual hats <laughs> that they wear, I swear I could hear Spurs jangling as they, as they walk through there. Howdy. The RM Williams, the chinos, the checked shirts. It was fantastic.
1: Dennis, I'll be honest with you, I had no intention of being there. I was uh, getting ready to play back-to-back with future classics recording artist Hayden James at a little private party, but that's another story. Uh, so I didn't actually capture all the excitement until I saw uh, uh, NRL Mini the following day, but it uh, went down to the wire.
2: It went, well, it went beyond the wire. It went past the wire, and being a final, um, there's no. This doesn't go to Golden Point, and this is because of the the Grand Final try. Uh, the Grand Final was decided by Golden Point. 2015. Thought, 2015. The Cowboys. Yes. Yeah. And it, it went past. And the, he's Jaunty Gibbs from uh, the ABC. He's he's had a lot of premonitions, and with eight minutes to go, eight points in the game, he said, "This isn't over." This is no, but there are, there are at least two more twists in this tale. Bang, penalty, they take the shot at two, which is controversial because normally you think, oh, they've got to get a big lead, but they had the calmness to say, we'll just take the two because it's here right now. We'll get it.
1: Well, you needed two scores. Then we get the ball back. And, and it was garan- that was a guaranteed score. I thought that was really, yeah. Good tactics. And that, that was, was Bennett-esque, if but I that, could say that. But that was
2: clearly showing they were at exactly the point where their arousal gives maximum performance and doesn't go beyond and starts dipping down. They didn't get a fight. They just went, no, sensible, straight, Bennett, bang, over the two points, got it, scored the try in the last moments, went to extra time, then went to golden point, extra time, and the kick from Val. Well,
1: Val's a great story. Um, you know, SA, the 2016 grand final, goes to the NFL, finds his way back to rugby league, and he's found a home at the Cowboys because don't you agree – both ex-Sharks players migrated to North Queensland because neither he nor Chad Townsend apparently sweats. No, and a hair is never out of place on either of them. I mean, it's it, quite astonishing. I mean, are they weaves? I mean, are they artificial? Because they are just immaculate. Like Valentine Holmes looks like he's just stepped out of a library session with Tango. Yeah, and um, and he's been reading the books with him down at uh, Dylan's Coastal Resort, courtesy of Brad Arthur. <laughs> And then he just goes slots that field goal, which I don't want to grumble about the fact that it's worth two because it would have been worth one had Rugby League stayed the way Rugby League should have had. But what a magnificent victory.
2: And and can we just say, because in the post-match interviews with them, they're two very good-looking young men. Very handsome. I, I'd, I'd, rate, has, I'd rate
1: homes ahead of Townsend.
2: But, but Chad Townsend's eyes, they sparkle.
1: Magnetic. they beautiful. Yeah.
2: They're, they're, he reminds me of David Essex.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're both wearing pieces. Uh, <laughs> my only insights of this was um, Tom Dean, who revealed via the agency of coach Todd Payton, Ming the Merciless, with his mm. mate um, uh, Dean Young, Ming the Merciless, the Two. second yeah. uh, that uh, didn't, who uh, was prepared to have his testicle removed, right? Um, when it was ruptured, and he ruptured the s- South Defence Sharks' defence <laughs> like his testicle with a beautiful solo try, and the only little bit of um, I thought sourness of the the game was Buzz Rothfield uh, went and accused Valentine Holmes of the dive of the year
2: as well if you're gonna talk about soundness in a game and you put Buzz Rothfield in there, that's just you know, that is that's just logic. I believe that's what's that called? Logo what? <laughs> Logo therapy. Logo therapy. This is logotherapy putting Buzz Rothfield and bitter. And look, he did he did dive. He did embellish the push. He was clearly pushed, it was clearly offside, it was clearly a correct decision. By the letter of the law, by the semantics of the law. But he just made sure by throwing the arms out. And again, perhaps he's had the same theatrical coach that Chris uh who's the Raiders player whose name was just completely forgotten? Sebastian Chris. Sebastian Chris, that Sebastian has been seeing. He's just taken the di- Maybe this is an NFL thing.
1: Well, if we had time to talk about the Roosters and the Rabbits, and I'm not sure that we will. Um, We might talk about players staging for penalties under uh, the auspices Uh, of that game. But uh, I believe you've got a song
0: for us.
2: Yeah, so the final game, like we've had that game. The ante was up and this was set up. You've got the rivals from since 1908, since 1908. And the book of feuds, so much hate. And just a week ago at that ground, there was booing, there was theatrics, there was drama, there was controversy, there was pantomime. Everything was happening. Plus on top of that, it's a game at the Roosters' home ground, which they have called in. Alistair Henskins. They have called in Dominic Perrett. To keep the Roosters, this is the rabbits out. This is like this is the rabbit-proof fence. They've <laughs> built a seventeen thousand kilometre fence around the Moore Park Precinct to keep the rabbits out, and yet the game was back there. So there's there's been two games at the New Girl. Both have had the rabbits, and this week, there's going to be the third game. It's going to have the rabbits and no roosters. So when next season begins, the roosters' home ground will have had three rabbits games and only two roosters games, one of which they lost. And it's just beautiful. But this whole thing about the rabbits, the rabbits just want to go home. And Rabbit Proof Fence was about some girls who just wanted to go home, that film. And I thought that all tied in together, so I've put a little song together about it.
3: Playing at home at Allianz would be be good again. (laughs) 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 We're the rabbits
2: from South
3: Sydney. We wear red and green. Round Red Fun Town. was too small The Sydney Football Stadium down in Moore Park that was our home We were kicked out but came back in then the Olympic Stadium was home for a while but it's a long way and a new one's been built In our backyard Why is it so hard? Stadium is theirs, the rabbit signed a contract at home bush, they must stay.
2: I won't let them go home. Don't wanna let them go
3: home. No, no, and Nick Politis, he says it's his own.
2: And it is a well-known fact, of course, that Brian Wilson was a huge South Sydney Rabbitohs fan.
1: When you say was, you know the great man's still with us. Yeah, but he's a bit off him
3: with his frostle joint.
1: He um, released an album last year with him performing some of his better-known tunes, just him and the piano. Oh, very wonderful. I've had, I've had the pleasure of seeing Brian Wilson perform on about two or three occasions. One was doing Smile, Start to Finish. But during one of the encores at the State Theatre, and he was probably playing... California Girls or something like that, one of my favourite songs. And we had eye contact. It was, it was cool.
2: Because that documentary on the making of Pet Sounds, my God, the footage of them with the orchestra and him going, no, 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 you got to do it like this. No, no, no. Just the, the confidence of a musician to sit there and tell these people, no, 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 you're playing that instrument wrong. Like, Okay, I'm from the New York Philharmonic and I'm playing double bass wrong, champ. But he did it and he all, got it right. All this stuff is good.
1: There's the... Older documentary, I just wasn't made for these times, oh, which yeah, is terrific. Yeah. And then the movie, of course, with Paul Dano and John Cusack sharing duties yep. in two phases of Brian's life. And they recreate the wrecking crew in terms of not only the, the band, you know, the Carol Kays, et cetera, yep. um, the Hal Weiners, but the actual studio that they recorded in. It's really, really great stuff.
2: Fantastic. Now, did they have any teething troubles in that studio when they made None
1: it? whatsoever. They just put it all in and then they just made magic.
2: Because there were teething troubles again. At The New Girl. So
1: I was there. Oh, okay. You got to one. I went by the agency of PJ Lane, I might have mentioned on the show before, uh, son of the-
2: And when you say mention, you mean name dropped. Exactly.
1: Uh, The son of the great Australian entertainer, i.e. via um, the United (laughs) States of America, Don Lane, Morton Isaacson, of course, who had a lot to do with South Sydney. Yes, indeed. And he got him back in. He was- I I know, before it became voguish, you know, like it is now, like the guy, you know- Guys like Ryan Reynolds and McElhinney buying Rex and Football back you know, Like, Don was a pioneer. I mean, he basically- An um, Atlassian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck, wow. Cannon Brooks, give me a break. Uh, Fired out of a- Champion the cause of NFL in Australia, for example. Yes. But Don- and Didn't that do well? <laughs> staunch. South Sydney Rabbitoh. So PJ has inherited that, so he invited me along. Oh, what an honor. Now, we're on the opposite side of where we were the previous week. Uh, the Facing le- the setting sun. Setting sun. I should have taken a hat that didn't think that one through. Uh, leg room situation hasn't changed, but fortunately, the patron next to us didn't arrive, so I had a little bit of stretch room. Oh, in. so you could do a bit of man spreading. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as you know, Dennis, I'm really trying to understand the experience in a full 360 way, because one day I'd like to be on NRL 360. Mm-hmm. And they showed, well, ladies and gentlemen, as we lead up to the exciting game, here we are back on the footprint of Sydney Football Stadium, Allianz Stadium. The old
2: girl, new girl.
1: We'd like to show you the 10 greatest moments from the history of the Sydney Football Stadium. Well, the first rule was that everything had to be in HD, right? So (laughs) (laughs) there was nothing like the Steve Jackson try from the 1989 grand final which you think might have rated a mention
2: or the first gra- the, the the great uh, Terry Lamb taking out Ellery Hanley. that right. was the first grand final yeah. at the old new girl
1: So that was un- a little bit dislocating um the number two moment was famously down at Melbourne's Olympic Park in 2008 when Michael Witt from the Warriors scored a last moment try in the eighth versus one first round of the playoffs. <sighs> So I think some smart person has gone, well, we'll find week one highlights or something like that. And um, then it, of course, was capped off uh, with the and Astor field goal, which I felt good about. How is that number one most exciting moment? For pity's sake. I would have given it to the Sean Kenny Dowell Intercept that actually won them the game. But, um, yeah, so that was it. And then the crowd is still getting familiar. Of course, what we've seen is a little bit of an inversion, like the female members of the uh, attending public are all delighted by the increased toilet facilities. Yep. the men now the toilet facilities are very similar to out there at the Olympic Stadium. They're sort of, they're not these great extensive urinals. They're sort of somewhat boxy and they don't accommodate that many people at the same time. So there are long queues for the men. Mm. So there's disgruntlement about that, and people are still finding their feet. Um, we had a very nice rabbits fan behind us who took a picture um, that got posted on Instagram of me and PJ. But I then heard him talking about, oh, I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to this game. I remember the time I was out seeing uh, the Roosters and the Rabbits, and the Rabbits had this dramatic last second come oh, yeah. from behind victory. Oh, yeah. And I went home and I immediately watched the replay and I heard Dan Ganane say, say I've seen it all. You can take me now.
2: He didn't. Is that what he actually said? He literally
1: said that. And I'm not ruling it out. that <laughs> at some stage, Ganane has flipped the Smithism. Has revoiced it. And revoiced it. And yep. wouldn't that be... Talk about... It, that's, that's like when uh, one of the early... Ozzy Osbourne solo albums, uh, Sharon took off the rhythm section, got a new rhythm section to do it for the re-release because they were in Contract <laughs> Wars. Can you imagine that that being taken away from Warren Smith? But in this man's mind, that was Ganane. How old was this child?
2: I put him early 40s. That's, uh, that's tragic.
1: Anyway, to me, the fil- the, the game itself mm-hmm. played like the third episode in a trilogy based on the Frank Miller graphic novel, Sin Bin City, Dennis.
2: <laughs> it wasn't fantastic. I was... I was... I still don't know how ever Jared Warrior Hargraves stays on the field. I, I don't know how this is, is. This the first time he's been... No, he's been binned before, but he hasn't been suspended before. He's been binned. He's a constant, constant dog shot, high shot, cheap shot merchant. Absolutely constant. It is his go. It's what he does. It's his first thing is to attack the head. He'll find a way. If he can't take it high, he'll get it on the ground and he'll ram it into the ground. And it was so beautiful to see... Once one of the Roosters players was sent off Victor Radley, second dirtiest player in the game. Funnily enough, the first one is Jared, followed by Victor. They're all in the Roosters. They're all dirty dogs. This is the Rooster way. The Rooster way, we'll hear later. It's not, to lie down. They don't lie down. That's not what they do. They hit people high to make them lie down. And they complain. When they hit people in the head, they complain when they lie down. This is, we're getting back to upside down world. They cheat and then complain when they're called out for cheating. They attack people in a game that's trying to stop concussions because it's got the the Steve um, mascord clock ticking down faster and faster, a game that's trying to stop concussions, and Robbo's trying to increase concussions by hitting them in the head over and over again, and this is where we get Channel 9, Gus, Webby, Webby saying this is great, they should be more hitting in the head, has, has Webby had a few hits in the head?
1: Well, a friend of the show, Andrew Webster, did in his column today say that Jared looked like someone who felt like he wasn't doing his job until he got put in the bin. I mean, Victor's been put in the bin. Tommy Burgess has been put in the bin. He had one genuine crack at Cameron Murray in front of the sticks where he towered over him linebacker style with that sort of maniacal grin on his face after he'd driven uh cameron murray's beak into the turf but that wasn't enough to get him
2: cameron murray who's a you know he's had serial concussion issues and jared knows that and it was beautiful to see the close-up when they were standing because jared has that big i'm the sumo wrestler my legs are spread apart and i'm i'm and he likes to put his shoulder on the person playing his hand on the shoulder of the person playing the ball he's the sumo wrestler getting ready to go and it's, it's like, look at me. I'm anti-clean, anti-clean. And Cam Murray was looking in the face going, you are a Carmichael Hunt. You are a Carmichael Hunt. Straight to his eyes. And I I fell in love with Cam Murray at that well, point. Well, you
1: wouldn't be the first man. But um the, uh, <laughs> the, the narrative continued with eventually the uh, head slam that's finally got Jared um, serving his a sentence over in warm-up games against Leeds in the World Cup. And... What you said there was really interesting because you mentioned Upside Down World and we Mm. we noticed that Rugby League did go into Upside Down World earlier this year. And there was a hint of where the game might have gone at the, as always, Renaissance men, eloquent, aren't they just classy after they played like complete pelicans as opposed to roosters. Press conference where, first of all, Supercoach Trent Robinson had this to say about the game.
0: It was... uh... Yeah, it was chaotic. It was, uh, it sort of descended into a um, yeah, a non-rugby league game in the end. It sort of, it got to the point where it was, you know, so stop start and uh, yeah, not what we really want to see in our game. And then it got to, okay, there was a little bit of, there was footy periods and then who was going to execute their opportunities. And, and they did that better than us. Um, so I think um, I think as a spectacle, it would have been interesting and different. Um, and then the the footy moments were yeah were were won by Souths.
3: Wow!
1: So by the way, a couple of things that are coming out of that: uh, the logo for the NRL twenty twenty three season we can now reveal exclusively here on Fire Up is NRL twenty twenty three interesting and different. <laughs> <laughs> and he talked
2: about Brought to you by Aldi.
1: He, you know. Oh, by the way, do you reckon they all get a clip every time they say our game? Like just, just like a like a ten dollar, you know. Well, I think because
2: obviously the Roosters are a Channel Nine team. They're a big club. They're on the payroll at Channel Nine. Channel Nine, and I suspect they do because Gus likes an our game, and Gus is obviously Channel Nine. I suspect that's what's happening. Okay, so he
1: said it descended, which takes us back to upside down right now. It got me thinking, or could it be like Dante's Inferno, or something like that? But then, of course, Luke Kirry had this to say.
0: But we both took it to a place that probably shouldn't have gone. But then, we just didn't handle it well, obviously. Yep.
1: So the game, Dennis, was somewhere that it probably shouldn't. And even the question that uh, that was being asked to him about the you know more players, because uh, you would have noticed how this game tended to see. Try score by the team that was down by a person, down yeah. by two persons. Yes. The bottom line was seven sin bins, seven deadly sin bins, five players ruled out for HIA. Okay, yep. that's twelve. Elapsed game time, one hundred and seven
2: minutes. Wow. So that's not actually playing time. That's the, from the from the first whistle. Yeah. From when Ashley first blew his whistle yes. until he did the long whistle at the end of the game.
1: Which is why, if you were waiting after the short whistle for the channel nine news, you would have been waiting quite a long time. It was
2: a, he actually had a huge pause before yeah. the long whistle. And let's
1: face it, if you want to, if you want another tagline for the NRL, um, courtesy of Ashley Klein for next season, NRL twenty twenty three, massive control issues.
2: <laughs> NRL twenty twenty three, it ain't over till the long whistle.
1: Sounds like a, n- a number of my personal relationships over my life. <laughs> She's got massive control issues and a long whistle. <laughs> yeah. So, I was thinking last week and basically accusing of the much beloved uh, Dark Overlord Peter Volandis. And, like, you know, we, like everyone, should pay our respects to the departure of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Very, very sad occasion for um, all Australians and, and members the of the Commonwealth and so forth. And, like the Sunday Footy Show, I'd like to dedicate Fire Up to her. But I know Peter Volandis is hurting right now and I don't want to kick him when he's down. But I was suggesting. <laughs> That he was introducing under the agency or disguise of the six again rule all these try confirmations, these HIAs, and um, these disciplinary captain's challenges and things like that to elongate the game to get more eyeballs on the advertising products. Ye- yes, you more said that. You said exactly that. And I'm listening to Robbo. Game is descended into something that's a non rugby league game. I'm listening to Luke here He's saying it's gone somewhere where it shouldn't and I think seven yellow cards 5 Ooh. HIAs 107 elapsed minutes don't
2: you see What's happening? Do you think that now that he's got the two refs replaced by one, he's going to bring two extra players on the field? Because if they brought two extra players on the field, then they could sin bin more players and it'd still be back to 13. And what you could do, you put them on the outside of the ruck. And you want the ball in contest more. So you maybe, instead of having a scrum when the ball goes out, you maybe line them up and they can just stare each other and jump at the ball. Is that what you're saying? It's exactly what I'm saying, Dennis. Peter Volandis is trying to make it rugby. Rugby Union. Rugby. It's rugba. no longer rugby
1: league. It's just rugby. And and he's he's done it right in front of everybody. And you know why he's done it because finally, the emperor's new clothes have been exposed. The Wizard of Oz has been shown to be what he is. Uh, he's completely stuffed up the Foxtel deal. I mean, the man who said we beat COVID, and then he goes, "I say Foxtel for the deal he made during COVID." Well, that's well, been, and he did. That's been shown to be a complete financial disaster compared to what the murderer did. On behalf of the AFL before he departed, like um, 73 billion over three years or something like that. And so Volandes has had to go cap in hand. And he said, Look, I know I've stuffed up and I know you invested money as nine slash Stan in rugby and no one's watching it. I am going to turn my game, our game, into rugby union. And people will go, Well, it's not the game I love, but it's watchable. Because everyone said Sunday was watchable, like yep. it was theatre, it was entertaining. Yep. And that'll take those eyeballs onto the rugby union games that Nine has paid for. And it solves all the expansion problems. The two codes merging into one. Volandis, I accuse you of completely tearing apart the fabric of our game. And it was really, for me, Dennis, it was like this. It's like when Gavrilo Princip. Stepped out and plugged out Ashtag of that alley. France, well, was he was in a coffee that- shop or in oh. an alleyway. Oh, I don't know. Well, he but certainly- he'd
2: miss because he was supposed to have the shot earlier. He was watching the parade and he's just chickened out. And then he's gone to he's gone into some dodgy cheap co- cafe and he's having like a, a pastrami sandwich. And he sees the Grand Archduke. His car stops outside. He's like, oh, sweet. Here we go. Cool. <laughs> like
1: he certainly wasn't Let's a- start World War One. He certainly wasn't a bookatorium, Whatever you think about Lee Harvey Oswald, right? But. It, just like that one shot that took out the poor Archduke and his poor and dear echoed wife. echoed
2: around the world. When
1: Victor Radley went into a little dust-up in the third minute and involuntarily clenched his fist and just did a little bit of a forearm rub, which, which Blocker Roads quite rightly identified, you would not have knocked a maggot off a chop. It set the bar low. Clyde had no option. And off we went into what just looked to me like Wallabies versus Springboks. It oh. was a disaster. We could be done. 2023, interesting and different? I don't think so.
2: 2023, the reunification. There is a part of me that would love that. You know, the, like, Imagine the shit that Peter Fitzsimons would have to eat if his game is reunified. whatever
1: it was, with the Northern Union. 1996, the, yeah, 29th of August, whole George Hotel. The
2: circle is closed. 29th of August, and, my birthday. And
1: can you imagine on the – you know, and I don't wish the man ill, but I guess in his memoriam, on his headstone, whatever, he goes, I beat COVID, <laughs> I say Foxtel, and I ended rugby league.
2: Wow. That's there's a lot going on there. Um so the game the rooster's also went on to 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 make some accusations because as we discussed the rooster way is to hit people in the head and take them out of the game. That's the rooster way. We're playing tough. The number of people saying I was going to say Michael Witt heads uh saying um oh it's not touch footy. Like, no, it's not touch footy, but you've got to stop concussions. You've got to stop them. And even, it even went as far as that the least popular, Ast- like the Australian cricket captain is held in such high regard, such high esteem, except for one. And he's coming out going, oh, oh, that was great. It's how it should be. Let him play. Like, yes, Michael. Yes, well done. And Baz is arguing. Once again, cricket, when Michael Clark was captain, was on Channel 9. And he was arguing with Buzz Rothfield, who's from
3: Fox. If you, knew, if you knew more about rugby league, right?
4: Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You
3: know nothing about. You know
4: everything because you played hundred test matches. Continue. <laughs>
0: All right, let's.
4: You watch the same TV as I've watched. I've watched it for forty-one years. You've watched it for eighty. You played the same amount, the exact same amount of Origin games as me.
1: Oh, that's a low. Shot. I mean, that is that is
2: beneath. And it, it's mathematically correct it It's beneath incorrect.
1: an Australian Because ki- ki- it's 75
2: no, Buzz has been watching it since 1908 <laughs> He right, was there. Right, he started at the start. So, again, he's try- Clark's trying to belittle him, diminish him, undermine him, wide-ant him. I believe that was his problem as Australian <laughs> captain, diminishing, belittling and white anting some of his best players because they were better than him. But anyway, let's let's move back to, to Robbo. Because Robbo, when we talk about the, the rooster way, which is to attack players in the head, to get Jared Warrior Hargraves to knock them out, then get fined, that's sweet. Nick will pay the fine. It's all good. But what he hates is when people who are hit in the head lie down.
0: Robert, the more players were penalised or binned, the more players became aware of if they stayed down or if the game stopped there would be an opportunity there for penalties do you see that do you see it as a problem today and do you see it as a problem for the rest of the finals are you saying on the Roosters side no, that just that... in general in the game like a lot of players are you saying that the Roosters no I'm just saying Lie down, the... down there Mick no the game in general it felt as though we went up. like a lot of those simbinings were referees getting instruction from the bunker they weren't actually called in the play. Yeah, sure, but I'm asking you, are you saying that the Roosters lied down for penalties in that no, game? in general,
4: because I, I honestly can't remember all of them because there was that many, but it I'll just as though we, that went we a lot.
0: They didn't lie down for any penalties. So, I'd, you know, I'd take umbrage the suggestion that we lied down for penalties because we didn't...
3: In the
0: game, though, with Souths? No, that's, I don't have an opinion on, on theirs, you know? I don't... Um, <laughs> I have a, an opinion on us and that we won't do it. It's not going to happen. You know, so that's you can feel I'm passionate about that and that, that won't happen. And, I, you know, I'd ask you to have a look and say which ones, where did we do that? Um, so just don't say in general because that didn't happen from our, from our end. I'll tell you, Robbo, you're entirely wrong because when Tedesco was hit
2: high and late and he was knocked out, he laid down. And, and they got a penalty. a penalty. When Angus Crichton was hit high and late, he was knocked out. He laid down and staggered and he got a penalty. If you're expecting that you can hit people in the head and not have them lie down, you're an idiot. You're just an idiot. You can't. What you need to do, Robbo, is not say to your players, don't lie down. Say, don't hit the others in the Michael Lucking head that's what you need to do will you take umbrage at that robbo take umbrage at teaching them to play rugby league not attack the head
1: well the players were confused as was robbo and the coaching staff because they were playing rugby union and they didn't realize uh i will say though kudos to trent robinson for adding Umbridge to the lexicon of rugby league this year that's right up there with lee hadjepatelis's nullity
2: the beautiful thing about Umbridge is it's from the latin root umbra which means a shadow it's the same word from which we get umbrella and the way umbrage has changed from shade like the shade of a tree the umbrage of a tree umbrage of a tree doesn't sound nasty it's actually a nice place to lie down in the umbrage of a tree but the modern vernacular of throwing shade at someone is actually where the ancient word umbrage, umbrage is a 17th century way of saying that person is trying to shade me. That person is trying to put an inappropriate shade over me. They're trying to take my light. So there's this beautiful piece of Latin that he's used there. He's in, he said in Latin they're in the, throwing shade.
1: In the end, he was kind of having a I think a little dig at South might have been lying down. They didn't oh, lie yeah. down, they just stood there and you know, Latrell front. Latrell
2: Latrell look, South's obviously working class history, unionist history. Let's, you know, have a go slow. We're gonna have, if you're gonna hit us in the head, we're gonna have a go slow.
1: And Latrell had the last word. Like literally on the field you could see him mouthing Michael Luckhoff, I think just to the world in general. And then when he was interviewed by Freddie Fitler, just the roar that went up from the rabbit's faithful. Wasn't was it beautiful? Quite something to experience. So I think maybe just to wrap this, Dennis, uh, the problem for the Roosters was that they got rid of the Kilimanjaro mentality this year. Uh. And they got in Australian boxer, George Cambosis, proud of his Spartan heritage and addressed the team about the warrior code. And the Roosters can uh, and conditioning coach, Kevin Toonan, who's devoted 18 years of his life to the Australian army, got them onto this. He goes... I'm a big believer that I'm not training these guys for combat. I'm training them for football. We focused on the wrestle and made it very physical. We took sleep away and added unknown, so they didn't know what was happening minute to minute. And i tell you what, that's exactly what the Roosters looks like. First of all, what <laughs> why would you adopt a code based on a team called the Warriors that has just been disastrous for years well, actually, now in rugby do, league? Do you
2: think that's what happened? The, the Roosters, not being as well-read as Robbo, yes. didn't realise it was the Warrior code. Because they've been watching Gus Gould saying, Warrior... Cowboy instead of yeah. the Warriors and the Cowboys. Yep. So they think, Warrior Code? Right, so we just look really good through the season and have some good games and beat a few teams up, but then when it comes to the end, we just lose.
1: And they, to me, look sleep-deprived, Yeah, and they yep, didn't yep, know what yep, was yep. going from minute to minute, but one of the takeaways was there is a little bit... You know, normally, you know, often teams get together and maybe have a little prayer afterwards, Yep. but after that particular occasion, with Victor Adley and Tane Milne at the top of the queue, they can get together and revel in the fact that they're all sinners. Thank you.
2: In the paper written today. No, I'm in the being paper. serious. It's be suggesting
4: true. that Ooh, the fool was in the, the paper. paper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is a moral victory in that there has been a concession that uh, the rules need review.
1: If Jake Friend's not playing, you don't have Jake Friend on the field. Mate, I publicly, I'm a um, lot lost for comment.
4: Dennis. This, are you familiar with Joel Kane? Sugar. Yes.
2: Love Sugar's work.
4: This is what he said previewing the game on the weekend.
2: Canberra and the Melbourne Storm. So big, the Doors wrote a song about this game. Raiders and the Storm.
4: Whose ah. song is that? Yours, the Doors, or Joel's? Well, he'll find that uh, I
2: first did it in 2012, and he's yeah. familiar with that version.
4: Yeah. 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 And Maybe he's got a full Doors one. Yeah. Maybe he's got a Dawes demo. Oh, because he's
2: found Jimmy Morrison. I wouldn't put it past Sugarcane to find Jimmy Morrison.
4: Maybe, he's out, maybe Jimmy he's Morrison's out, the out there music. in the shire with, <laughs> with John Kane. You did send something through, Dennis, on this Raiders game um, about Jack White.
2: Great defense, Canberra.
0: Yeah, Jack Whiten. Oh. That's a moment. We spoke about him coming out of the line with a big origin play.
4: Now, as long as I've been doing this, I've broken down in excruciating detail week by week. Uh-huh. You've got the guys in the field, the players, the actions and the they players do. play. Players yep. play actions are, but not limited to tackles, kicks, tries, runs. Yep. Then you got if it's a Wednesday, it's Origin. If it's spring, it's Finals. Right. Yep. We could go into that again, but we've all we've all done that joke. which has been done to death. But some people still don't get it. So this is Brad Arthur in the press conference this time last week for the Eels. It's finals. It's for real. There's no second chances. Now the Eels lost. <laughs> yeah. And they're playing again this week. So that'll be a second chance. That suggests to me that there is a second
2: chance. Oh boy. So we've got orange and moments. We've got second chances where there's hey, no we, second
1: chance. More accurately, Brad Arthur, there's no week three in the finals as far as I'm concerned.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and while we've got Dennis brought in, I'll, uh, I'll indulge you. This is in the... Shane Flanagan in the dying moments of the Raiders' win against Melbourne.
3: Something special here from the Melbourne Storm. Moving forward,
2: the Canberra Raiders, wins like this are so valuable this time of year.
4: (laughs) Aren't they just?
2: (laughs) That's some serious insight from a premiership winning coach.
1: Why isn't he being mentioned in all the discussions as a coach for anyone? I can't follow it. It seems like quality to me.
4: Yeah, all right. Now we're getting into the serious stuff. What that wasn't serious. That wasn't serious. That was just joking around. So I did a review of the West Tigers last week without speaking yep. of excruciating detail. So I wanted to do Manly this week, oh. right? But we all know what happened with Manly, and we haven't even mentioned the debacle that's going on over mm. there with Des this week. which well, is even more before that. We all know the story. Yeah, yeah. They wear the Pride jersey. They they're flying. They wear the Pride jersey. The season falls apart, right?
2: Yep. It goes back to the Pride jersey too. That that split the club. They haven't. Recovered from that.
4: Yep.
2: Like the, they are in the top eight race until that debacle a couple of weeks ago with the jersey. And
4: it's honestly, like, so, it's happened since the jumper ran, right? There's the pride jersey yep. fallout. Yeah.
2: But yeah. 25 weeks, I tell you what. If Tommy doesn't get injured and a few other things go manly's way, they're in the eight.
0: Are we talking? And we're not this? even talking but, this. But how, But they're trying to say that the, the rainbow jumper wasn't a factor. They they, they were cruising this year until the Pride Jersey drama yeah. happened. The, the, the whole season has fallen apart as a result of what happened there. Oh, I don't All the rest of...
4: So we can pack up and go home, right?
0: Done. So
4: I just thought, well, I don't really remember them flying in round 19, but just for shits, I thought, let's go back and have a look at what happened in round 19.
0: What a way to finish the match. Dragons, three tries to one, full time. St. George, Illawarra, 20... Manly six, not Manly's ninth, Des knows they are really up against it with three to go. I think um, Manly
4: is sort of ninth and that was a game that they needed to win, Like that that was a, a big blow for them to lose to the Dragons. That doesn't sound like that quite fits. Yep. So I wanted to keep going on contemporaneously looking at how Manly were rated, mm-hmm. just, to, just to see them flying, I found this, right? So we know the Pride jersey comes out round 20. This is, this is round 19 against the Dragons. All right, Billy, what's your salute this morning?
0: Yeah, my salute goes to the Manly Seagulls for the, for the old school jersey. Yeah, you know, I remember this jersey with Cliffy Lyons, the blue collar and the, the Pepsi across the front. So think about the Tina Turner song. Simply the best Was that the 96 jersey When they won the comp It was 95
4: So more than once There's They're the talking about That game against the Dragons Yep They're talking about The jersey they wore Right Yep Okay And then So on Den- On Bloke in the Bar The rugby league guru Or RL guru Said this
0: And then to put out A performance like that I mean The Hollow Sport Boys Joke about it But Mate every time They try a different jersey It just yep. goes to shit For Manly
4: that's in round nine. That is on the that is on the Monday morning before the pride is announced.
1: Well that was prescient. That wow. was very prescient. <laughs> Billy Slater's salute on Sunday, by the way. His Sunday salute was to the players. I mean, talk about a guy who just flies in from Melbourne and hasn't done any work.
2: Oh, so this is on the on the show that was being dedicated to the Queen. To the Queen He's not yeah. saluting the Yeah, the, the yeah like he just Queen goes, My Sunday salute monarch. is to
1: the players. Right.
4: Nice. That's all from me, but did you like Billy just saying retro, like, oh, remember simply the best? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I had a couple of media watch. Right? Yep, uh, and you know, no greater fan of this man than me, uh, Benny Elias. Actually, commenting on the manly issue on NRL 360 last week.
0: Uh, really, really jacked off. Everybody's pointing the finger at Desi Hasler. He's the boss. He's the boss on the football operations. The CEO is operations for the overall club. The board of directors. Well, God only knows who they are. I don't know if there's any DNA in that board at all. And they get elected by the members. So it all starts and finishes there. No, that's the problem, Benny. It's a, it's a proprietary limited club.
3: It's ownership. So there's no members? There's, there's, they, there's they get, no a, a, they get, they get a, a, a membership on the board, but their, their voting rights are limited. Yep. Yeah, but- what about...
1: And everyone says, you know, what a sharp business brain Benny has, but he barely has a grip because he came in with a big purchase offer of our West Tigers not that long ago. But like everybody else, Dennis and Pat, Benny was very frustrated with the Tigers' final performance, and let's just listen to his commitment to the club.
0: Near capacity crowd. Yeah. Even I at half time squared, clicked it off. Kim he Benji, clicked it off. You, yep. you turned it off. I did. Ooh. It was describe- I, I, I just it I home. was done. Right? Know. I was at the pub, actually. I was at the yeah. pub. I, I just walked out. I yeah. could not because I copped enough for shit yeah. <laughs> for the first few came-
1: Didn't even bother going to the game.
4: I don't think he's been to many games because in that same. Uh, I was going to say a diatribe. We should, shouldn't say a diatribe about Benny Elias. Monologue. I mean, that's, yeah, that same monologue. He, he was talking about Tigers getting booed off last week or a couple of weeks ago, and he said that it that
0: doesn't happen. They booed him off at halftime. The like, I've never heard him for been a very, very long time since they booed him off. Now, the West Tigers, they had everything to play for on Sunday. i tell you what, I was on the hill on, on Sunday, and it, it – uh, they were pretty upset, the Tigers fans, and I think they had every right to be. All right.
4: Cal- so April 2021, yeah. that was <laughs> Exactly,
1: against the North Queensland Cowboys, which was the Tommy Radonigus tribute game. It was oh, der- very, very disappointing. In the middle
2: of the tragic tales from Tiger Town on Fox. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Horrible thing. Now, are we going to have – have we got
4: 47 texters today? We've got 47 texters. Um Oh, just one I wanted to to sound off on. Emma Dominey. And have you noticed that the last few weeks uh, at the end of the game, she'll, she'll just put a little shout, make sure I'm okay? Yes. Yeah. Um, Very good of her. Yeah. I'm not great on my phone after a couple of drinks, thank, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is glad that someone cares. She was at the game on Sunday. She was at the game at Leichhardt as well. She was at the game. I think she was at a Shark Park game a few weeks ago. She's so saying to the two kids that they went in their Tigers jersey and they had a positive reception, which is maybe better than the exception <laughs> that they got at Leichhardt. But, so she might have missed the Fox coverage and the um, wisdom of, of Blocker Roach, who was very chuffed when he saw uh, old Phillips Balmain jersey in the crowd.
2: Well, if that's the case, Chris, can we round this up with any new reasons to dislike the Parramatta Eels? Might be the last one.
1: Yeah, well, this is, this is getting down to the... Pointy end of the season, or as Tigers are concerned, the business end of the season. No, it's the outer business end of the season, and there were no Rivari Valley access to grind today, gentlemen, because I'm still upset about the loss. Yeah. Um. But you know, another reason to dislike Paramount Eels. One thing that's a lot of fun is to watch the punning in the titles in the tabloids. Uh, you know the headlines of the games. Yeah. Yeah. Paralytic. And, yeah. F- for example, this weekend we got Cowboys rustle up a victory. Oh, Cowboy, as in oh boy, but oh, Cowboy. No, nah, that's bad. Oh, wow. uh, the Roosters going into the Rabbits game was a booze ban because they're not drinking. And, of course, uh, they're not allowed to say they're, boo. They're not allowed to nice. boo the trail. But Parramatta, Jiminy Crickets. We got Achilles' eel oh. in the lead-up with the fact they've beaten Penrith twice. When mm. they lose, more Brad vibes. And then finally...
2: <laughs> Brad vibrations. Yeah. And then, nice.
1: as this hasn't been wheeled out before... Jake, as in Jake Arthur, may have to do a Moses and take the eels to the promised land. That's bad. That's another reason to dislike the
2: Parramatta eels. As if we needed another one. There's plenty there, and I'll be death-riding them all week and all weekend. But with that, we hope you're fired up as well. Rugby League is fired up. When rugby League is fired up. Rugby League is good. Where the storms and the roosters are gone. Rugby League is good. So please join us again next week. Join Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Instagram. Leave a review. If you had reviews, Pat? We're supposed to be reading these reviews out.
4: We are. Oh, maybe was, How many have you read out?
2: Yeah, none, because I don't know how to find How many them. have I read out? Uh, Love one, a few, two, a three, okay.
4: and I'm the club leader, for sure.
2: Join Pirate Federal on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter and join the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group and we'll see you again next week.
0: Bye. Bye. And I've, I've said this of the Roosters. Their football at their best at full strength is capable of winning a premiership. They can't keep playing this physical. Either the injury's going to get them, wear and tear's going to get them, or the judiciary's going to get them. <laughs> Doesn't matter who wins or loses they won't be going any further because after two weeks of giving it to each other yeah, they don't they'll, they'll completely knock each other out this weekend mm.